Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But I've been looking forward to this one all season. It is the uh, 2023 debut of one Daniel Lake, the big Lakey son. How are you, buddy? I'm doing okay, mate. Uh, I can't say I'm good. I can't say I'm bad, but I'm I'm hanging in there. No, that's all we can ask for, mate. It's uh, so good to hear your voice on a Tuesday night. I've got used to this over the last, what, two, three, four seasons yeah, that you be. and I? Yeah, we're almost getting towards uh, marital status. Mate, I think after a while it's de facto and we just default. Um, I'll have half your stuff. Thank you very much. I yeah, I'll put you on my tax records. So it's fine. Really shitty dog, actually, if you want. Really needy one, too. There you go. Yeah, We've got a muted out the back there. But if you feel like picking up a dog from our de facto relationship, there you go. Our super coach, how's it going for you? You've had a, a little while away. You're not focusing hugely on it. But is that working for or against you? Yeah, I've taken a bit of a, a nick approach to this season and Nick and win an approach um obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah. The regular listeners and followers of the site know I've been going through my stuff so I've stepped away from it a little bit but it it seems to have worked in my favor I was top 1000 after two weeks um huge which ballooned back out and then um I've come back into uh, what would I say it was 8.7k or something like that at the moment without really following it or watching too many of the games that is absolutely huge. I think I'm 25,000th and I've watched far too many Cowboys games and I care to admit, but yeah, it's been a long, uh, long arduous season for me and yeah, I've been doing these pods every week and you're just sort of coasting in the background. I think it's basically cemented our theory that the less you pay attention, the better you go. And I don't know, yeah. you follow the crowd, ask whoever, but there you uh, go, 8.7k exactly right. we, we, we make the big mistake every year of writing the mega guide and you talk yourselves into guys um, that mm. are just rubbish i.e. Jackson Paulo of last year was my yep. pod and he stunk. If I had just jumped on him this year, I'd probably be winning the comp. Fast forward another year. Well, I had Jamal Fogarty, mate, you might remember. Um, I heard, to be fair. I heard. It's pretty good that I wasn't down. on the pod. Very well uh, because, I mean, Sam Walker, He's see you later. We'll get to him later this, this podcast, but I thought it was either him or Fogarty. And I, luckily, I went on Fogarty for those early rounds, really cemented my lofty position of 25,000. But then other guys, actually, you know, the we talk about the mega guy and how funny it is, the people we lock into. But I had, um, God, who's that Tigers guy that's now left them and he's up at the Titans? Um, oh, uh, Ken Mamalo. With a big Kenny Mahomes, I thought for sure he's on that right edge or he's just ready, he's firm, and he had a horrible season with injury. Uh, goes and gets injured in the trials, gets replaced by Brent Naden. And I thought, oh, I'm going to swoop in on that. But that worked out okay for about one or two weeks. But really, it's been a strange old season. And I know we just spoke about how long we've been together, but did you ever think these guys like uh, Jake Granville, Sean Johnson, these kind of characters – we're going to be some of the like the highest value players 
Jack Granville probably not in that realm. I was going to say, you're for really cheapie. reaching for that one. But for yeah, cheapie, no. mate. How's SJ? SJ's Garrett been Croker. incredible, hasn't he? He's, uh, yeah, they, these guys are turning back the clock a bit. I never saw – SJ's always had the pedigree and he's got the f- history on his side. Yep. But, you know, you look at his games, his back end of Cronulla and he still put up a few good games, but then his first game back la- – uh, first season back at the Warriors last year and you just went, this guy is heading towards retirement. He, he's lost mm. it. Um and absolutely wound back the clock. He's loving footy again. You can see that in his post-game interviews. Um, he, it's just a, great to watch. I love watching the big man run around, and um, it, it's good when he's on the up and the Warriors are on the up. Not so great for me last week, but anyway, well done, SJ. Um, but no, it's it's one of those years. It's a crazy old time. Everyone's gotten used to Volandi's ball, and teams are on the up. Uh, the friggin' Broncos, you and I haven't had to lament it together, but I have been. Uh, I've had Stilesy on the pod every now and again. Like, he's absolutely on the up. But you know what? It's April, mate. No one wins premierships in April, and no one wins Supercoach in April. So we've got a long, long way to go. Great to have you back. I'm feeling good. Feeling good about the round eight pod. So a little bit to get through. You have been back on the, uh, I guess not the airways, but the, uh, I don't know, the, the website sphere, the web sphere to, to show my age. I just want to jump in and say it's really nice that you've improved your professionalism in my Thank absence. Thank Yep. I really do appreciate that, Matt. I've been working all off season. I've been trying to improve myself. Uh, the, the ranking has kind of tanked, but I feel like my ability to run this pod is just seamless as all the feedback suggests. So thank you. Thank you very much, Lake. It's great to have you back. I never get that kind of feedback. Uh, but we'll talk about the round eight uh, team list. You've been through that. Uh, you're writing the articles. It's great to have you back and easing the the burden on my little fingers, trying to type away and, and do bicep hold and all that sort of stuff. Mate, I've bloody missed you. So it's great to have you back. And you've been there today with the Teamless Tuesday News. Fair bit to get through. We'll go into some ins and outs, some trade-ins. Honestly, before we get into it, I reckon probably a good week. If you have no fires to put out, unfortunately, I have one. If you don't have any burning, raging fires, good week to hold, right? Or not Absolutely. make trades. Yeah, you can get away with it this week. It's no one else jumping out as a genuine cheapie or, you know, everyone wants to get the stars in as much as possible, but they're all sort of floating around at the same price points. So you can probably save a trade this week and start making plans towards the buys. They're coming up, Hmm. you know, they'll be here sooner than we expect. Absolutely will. I've done a little bit of analysis. uh, When I say analysis, about two minutes of research into some handy buy teams. We'll go through them and then captains and vices to round us out. So the usual pretty stock standard SC report, so nothing out of the ordinary. But I think, uh, Lakey, let's start with the buys. Had to throw something, as if you've been listening on. <laughs> I, I, I have, yes. I've heard your call out for help. I've uh, It's on my to-do list. I'm going to come up Thank with you. a few new drops for you in the coming weeks. We'll see how we go. We used to have the news one, the news soundbite, but that's uh, faded away from my little soundboard here. But nonetheless, the buys, the buy teams, we're getting to that pointy middle end of the season and starting to look at some of the buys. It's a little bit unusual this year because we don't actually need the full 17 as we have in previous seasons. So those origin buys that normally come in a kind of that area where you might target if you're in the realms of 25,000, like I am, you kind of target those weeks as... Uh, I've got to get as many players in as possible. But this season, and I'm not sure if you're across it because, as you've said, you've been uh, focusing elsewhere. But the buyers this week, this year, your best 13. Does that, yeah. um, before we get into the, the really good buy teams, does that sway you in terms of strategy? 
Listen, no, and I'll be honest, I forgot that that was the case. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's that's right. I say you can go a little bit earlier on nuffs um, potentially to try and get your you know, starting 13 as strong as possible for those buy rounds. You're not going to be able to have everybody because, you know, half, uh, what, all but one team has a buy during the big buy rounds. So Mm. um, you're going to be falling short somewhere and you need some cash generators there. But, yeah, you can really go hard and just hope for the best. Throw a couple of pods in there and hope they really go gangbusters on that week. I don't mind this season because I normally throw some random center wing. Um, I think one year it might have been Ken Mamalo, David Fusatua, these kind of guys. I think, oh, yeah, bye weeks. You know how carnage the uh, the defensive lines can be. Uh, chaos. And then you throw them in. You, you move stuff around. You just buy them purely for the buys, and they score about 20. So I don't yeah. think you need to do that so far. At least get the really uh, gun, Kiwis, Englishmen, that kind of thing. Might be the play to go. But having a look at some of the buy teams, there's a handful who have pretty favorable draws over that period. So around 13, 14, 16, and 17 are all weeks where there's multiple teams on buys. Top of the charts, and we're not top of many things lately, but the Cowboys play all of those rounds. So when you've got uh, you're scrambling to find time, find teams and find numbers, get players in, the Mighty Mighty Cowboys, and I can't imagine we have a lot of origin guns this season, but we play all of those heavy buys. Does that mean immediate number one trade in Jay Granville? Yeah. I mean, if he gets named in the prop rotation as he did last week, I just don't... Can I ask before we launch into something I have not missed. Um, what the hell was that decision to play him in the front row last week? They, uh, got they him in the, the switched out points, Cohen Hess and put Granville up front with Cotter, if I'm not mistaken. It's just, it just boggles the mind what they're thinking up there. It nearly worked. Let me just say that. Worked. It nearly worked, mate. Only yeah, eight listen, point loss. We'll, call, yeah. we'll claim that. It's possibly your closest of the year. But, yeah, he, he was actually scored fairly well. Um, he's not going back to his 2015, 2016 days where he's um, being a key contributor to your spine. I think he was playing hooker back then and putting up some decent points. Um, he's not getting back to those days. But genuine moneymaker if he could stay at prop. Um, similar mm. to what I said about Ray Stone in the write-up. You know, he got put into prop and scored 45. It's not going to break the bank or anything, but he, he can absolutely make some money across those draws. And so if Granville can stick with it, yeah, you could ride him up until what you guys have the round 15 buy. Um, you're not mm. going to have too many players missing that. And then they play on the final major buy round of round 19. You can trade him out for the run home. Huge. And uh, I mean, he's always an origin risk, just given how good he is on Jackie well, I Jake. do want to say, having said all that, it's not something I condone. I'm not trading Drake Granville in. No. Um, no. But, but there's, uh, there, I've done crazier things, let's say that. I mean, Stranger Things, it's 2023. It's a weird old season. But no, Cowboys really favorable buy. But in terms of buys, there's not a lot of players we'll uh we'll talk about later in the podcast but jakey g a little bit of interest so far this season uh well this week jack kazuski another one on the, mm. the potential uh periphery i think there that we'll speak about but outside of that the guys like val holmes nane they'll all play origin so Correct. not a lot so to the love big, Maybe. the big ones you want are going to be an origin um hmm. like i'm old enough to remember when Tom Lolo was an out and out superstar 
um, which is just absolutely not the case at the moment. And he's, you know, jumping into the team stuff. He's out for the next few weeks with a knee injury mm. that he suffered. What was it? Four weeks ago. He's just sort of been playing through it and hoping for the best, but it, it's caught back up to him. Absolutely explains a fair bit. He's been very, very underwhelming and normally a huge bye week target. So not to be this season. We'll uh, get into them. A couple of other teams that I've picked out here for the bye uh, coverage, the Warriors, the Mighty Warriors, round 13, 14, and 17, they all will cover you. So they have to buy, I think, round 12. So uh, if you can target some players for round 13, maybe Wade Egan's healthy at that point. He's been killing it. SJ, as we've spoken about, the likes of Torhu, who will be playing, uh, won't be playing Origin. Really good guys to target for the run into those buys. The Finns. So the likes of Tommy Gilbert might be an origin risk, but for a lot of their players, uh, Hammer Time, those kind of guys, if you're thinking about turfing them, Lemuelu, those kind of players, uh, they do play 13, 14, 17 as well. So really crucial weeks when you don't get that benefit of having your top scoring 13 only. This is where you've got to play all 17 for a couple of those. And then Para. A lot of people speaking mm. about these uh, guys having a pretty handy run. They play 13, 16, and 17. So again, reasonably tough weeks to get uh, to get a hold of players. So para they're sort of on the way up, while some of the likes of the Cowboys and Finns maybe on the down slide. So worth having a look. It's at that pointy end now where we need to start thinking about these guys. Are you buy planning at the moment? No, not extensively. Um, there are a couple of guys I've got on the radar. Ryan Madison being um, probably top of the props at the moment. Um, but then you look into, as you said, Parramatta play on all the major buy rounds. They play the three origin weeks where half the comp's missing. But where it's a bit sneaky, um, round 14, the week after the buy, uh, the first big buy round, um, they're on the buy. That's their first week off with Newcastle and Manly. So you could theoretically have a team with, you know, Turbo and Garrick, um, hmm. Olakuatu, you got Marju there. Um, I don't know. Lockie no one Miller. Palmer at the moment. Yeah, Lockie Miller. Um, Safidi was uh, popular at the start of the year. These sorts of oh, Phoenix Crossland has come into calculations My after boy, being brought him in. Yeah, brought that's it. In, so if you've got a team full of those guys and then you start loading up on Parramatta Eels, it could bite you in the arse in round 14 when you do need 17 players. Uh, hmm. So just something to be aware of if you are going to start targeting these guys because it could come back and, um, you know, you could be flying in round 13, but it could haunt you in round 14. Could absolutely worth while keeping a boost up the sleeve. I've burned through about three so far. What about yourself? Uh, two at the moment. Oh, not bad. Yeah, well, You're... simply not paying attention to the competition. It saves you the hassle of uh, major trades. Regular listeners would know I've burned through terrible decisions and, yep, uh, regretting that big time. But anyway, I'm sure I'll be fine, but come around 27, 27, Lakey. It's a long, yeah, long season. It's a long season. So it's Ooh, what, three, four more than we're usually accustomed to. So plenty of people uh, playing victim at the moment because they're way down in the doldrums, yourself included, but plenty of time to make it up for. Absolutely. All right, let's get into the teamless juicer news for round eight. Just throwing that one in there. Haven't played that Thanks for a little while. No yeah, real chatty Santa perhaps. 15 minutes. Um, I'll go through team by team, but I'll keep it very short and to Love the that. point. Um, the Rabbitohs playing Panthers on 
the Thursday night. We've got an extended round here. So, yeah, Rabbitohs Panthers start us off on Thursday night. Keon Kolomatangi uh, was the victim of a hip drop um, from, I want to say... Natty Butcher. Nat was it? No, Butcher? not Natty Butcher. No, no. It was Ray Stone, wasn't it? Um, so it wasn't penalised and he hasn't caught anything out of it. So it wasn't a true definition hip drop tackle, but Keon's been sidelined for uh, six to eight weeks or something like that. Nasty. He's out of the side. Um, coming back in to replace him is Michael Cheekham, who hasn't been sided in a couple of weeks. He's nice and cheap and playing on the right edge for the Bunnies. And uh, Isaac Tui. Tui Tupu Thompson, sorry, the Nailed middle it. name sort of always throws me off, but he's back on the uh, right wing with Tane Mill getting a, a seat. Um, for the Panthers, everyone, I, I don't know about you, but Zach Hosking was a close watch of mine, worrying about if he was going to get replaced. Um, Luke Garner did not get up last week, so Hosking stayed in the side, and then Liam Martin came back and busted his hammy again. So he's going to be out for a fair while. Hosking survives. Garner's on in the 18 jersey at the moment. So it could change, but he think if Garner's going to come in, he's going to take Sorensen's spot on the other edge. Uh, Lindsay Smith comes onto the bench. Hmm. Uh, I don't mind was... that for as a Hosking owner, actually. Cause... Yes, I, I was <laughs> looking at trading him out. With the news that Martin and Garner were back, um, Hosking was possibly going to be sacrificed. Um, the talk was that he was going to be back out of the side with those two guys um, you know, healthy and running around. So hmm. it looked like... Hosking's time in Supercoach was going to be very short-lived, but um, Supercoach gods intervened and uh, have bought any, everyone uh, a couple more weeks. Love that. Thank you. Thank you, the gods. The gods. <laughs> Finally, they work for us and not against us. Hmm. Uh, the Eels and Broncos, nothing major happening here. Josh Hodgson comes back in after being a late out with the flu last week and just caused a little bit of a shuffle around. That change to their game day um, lineup last week has reverted. Madison's been named at lock, Hopgood's on the bench, and Cartwright's in the second row. But keep an eye on Styles' late mail because that could change once again. Um, and for the Broncos, they got a couple of big names coming back in. Corey Oates is back after recovering from his fractured jaw. And Tommy Flegler, who copped a really nasty head knock a couple of weeks ago, has recovered and he's coming back in for the Broncos. So, I mean, they've already been KOTD'd all year when it comes to injury, but they're starting mm. to get stronger still. Yeah, it's a uh, really great time of year. Love that. <clears throat> Cowboys 16th, Broncos first. You just got to love that. Thank you, 2023. Well, you're, you're lucky there's 17 teams this year. Oh, thank God. Thank uh, you for the Tigers. Appreciate your work. The dogs, we might talk about this one a little bit longer um, because it is one of the major super coach points of the weekend. But Jacob Karaz suffering an MCL injury. Mm. It's going to be out three weeks. I haven't been able to jump on board, so that was something I was able to avoid. Uh, how about yourself? Are you an owner of Karaz? No, same thing. I had far too many other issues to put out, and Karaz was just one of those guys sitting there not scoring a lot. Sorry, not scoring tries, but scoring a shit ton of points. Ton. Yeah. Mm. That's what I mean, I was, you know, not that I watched a lot of Dogs games, but when I did, I was just praying he didn't get over the line because he was going to turn his 70s and 80s into a 150 Unreal. just like that. Um, the work rate on the kid is remarkable, but mm. uh, he won't be seen for the next couple of weeks. He misses a couple of really nice games outside the Sharks this week. I think he has uh, Raiders and Titans in the next couple of weeks. Um, well, the Dogs do. He won't be there, obviously. And then um, he comes back for the Warriors game. And um, following that, 
bear with me. I did just write it up. Um, here and sorry, yeah, he's got Dragons Raiders the next two weeks. He returned for the Warriors with a massive BE and then played the Titans before going into the bye in round 13. So, not great news for Karaz, but it, for non owners, you could be picking up in round 14 at a discounted price and be quite handy. Mm. 140 break even, just play a couple of games and that six or whatever it is will, will roll out. Maybe good news for Alamotti. Uh, I know yeah. you've got Braden Burns in there and Declan Casey, who I don't think was is he in the game as of this afternoon. Yeah, Declan Casey's there. He's 265K, I think he is. Um, so very cheap range option. But I don't know whether it's worthwhile grabbing a guy like Casey knowing that Karaz is coming back yep. in just a couple of weeks. If it was anything longer, you'd go, yeah, no worries. Um, I could probably throw him in as a downgrade option, but you know he's got a shelf life. Um, I was just saying to you off air, I picked up uh, young Jarrell Skelton um, last week as a, a nufty sort of thing with an eye to the future when Braden Burns was named. Because imagine that, imagine that pick up an injury. So hmm. um, it could be a case that Casey, you know, pardon the pun, but he's ahead of Skelton in the pecking order by the looks of things. And if Burns goes down again, which is every likelihood, uh, Casey could secure a spot there until the Fox returns later in the year. So it, hmm. it's it's a gamble. Um, it's a risk, but it could end up paying off for you. And I'm not sure when the next, uh, the dual positioning updates happen, but he's currently uh, only heading into round 12. Okay, that, yeah. that would be handy then. So should there be any more, I guess, long-term visibility on where he's going to sit? Could be a player yeah. fullback only a bit iffy. That's right. So coming into that first buy round, you'll have more certainty about mm. Casey himself. I wouldn't be jumping on board yet, obviously, being his first game. But in a couple of weeks' time, we might know. And, and it only takes one game for Raiden Burns to get hurt. So you might know before mm. that. Absolutely does. Um, have you liked the Sharkies so far this season? I thought they've just turned it around now that Nico's back. They're looking pretty handy. They, they're they looking strong. Um, they were something like... Two dollar thirty outsiders against the Chooks last week, and I thought that's money. Uh, so I jumped dub on board that, and they, yeah, they did very well. The Chooks have been off the pace, and the Sharks just look strong across the park. Um, you know, they, they lost uh, Toby Rudolph to turf toe, so he's going to be out for quite a while. But everybody else uh, is pulling weight, so to speak. They got the you know BHU up the middle, who's a Big unit, no one's going to stop him too much. Uh, Confuci and Royce Hunt can do a job in the prop rotation. And, you know, you lose your captain, Dale Finucane, to suspension and Cam McInnes comes in and starts a lock. You're not losing too much, really. Uh, Weird so, that teams like this don't want to play guys like Jake Granville and Tom Chester through the middle. They don't quite get it. it. What are you doing? It's strange. Um, hmm. They probably, to their detriment, they've got too much middle depth. Um, Don't you hate as that? opposed to you guys. Yeah, so they're trying to just give everyone some minutes, get some few uh, feeding feeding the lemons, I so. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, it's working for them. And the big game here, mate. <clears throat> Huge one. This is, the oh, Cowboys bounce back game. Yeah, you'd want to hope so. If they were ever going to do it, it's against the Knights. But for some reason, we're playing good footy at the moment. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Jason Tomalolo out for an extended period with, uh, I want to say in this scope, I don't exactly know what's going on, but they're cleaning up his knee in some respect. Jordan McLean comes back. He's been hurt for a little while, which is, you know, pretty much his career uh, summary to date. Mm. 
So he comes back in at front row. It causes um, Ruben Cotter going to lock to cover for um, Lolo. And Jake Granville, unfortunately, misses out and goes back to the bench in a utility role. But uh, don't know. That could change. Who knows? Jack Kazuski is named on an edge. Perhaps on game day, Cohen Hess goes back to the edge and Jake Granville comes into his rightful number 10 jersey. Yeah, this rifle prop jersey. Well, it's a no. I think Cohen Hess is probably going to stick there for the time being. He had that trial at second row throughout the season. We've just had that many injuries, but Gazuski is a natural second rower, so you got mm-hmm. um, Nane there as well. But the likes of Lukey being out injured, um, yeah, it's like it's just been such a weird season for rotations. I think unfortunately, Jakey G's trial in the starting side is probably. One and done, but I guess Gajewski is probably the interesting one. Luciano Lua, nowhere to be seen until at least May, I think, so a fair yeah. bit of time. Still in there, What's, same with Luki. What is the go with Luki? What, what has he done and how long is he up for? Uh, I think the initial diagnosis was it was going to keep him out for at least a month, and that was a couple of weeks ago. So knowing okay. the Cowboys, they don't rush, tend to rush too many players back. So I think uh, the Gajewski train has probably got a least – three weeks to run i think yeah. if you are for super coach just give another week it's a yeah absolutely he's, not on the he's only played the one game he got 65 minutes and, and scored uh, just over 30 points so it's not a must have territory by any means and if he's got that same as casey we spoke about before he's got that short shelf life because uh he and lukey's coming back then it, it might end up uh, being a waste of a trade he'll go back to a bit part player off the bench and be an ae nightmare Hmm. Helam Lukey, hamstring round 10 to 11. So you're not even going to get Kajuski for those bye weeks when you need him for. Yeah. So No, that's right. So, well, Cotter's going to be in origin camp, um, you would think. So, you know, there's potential. Actually, Nane that, could also be um, there. So. Nane's gone. So, yeah, you know, Kajuski could hang around, but um, I don't know. I don't know if you want to risk it for the, the in-between time. Do it for the moment. Uh, yeah, why not? For my boys um, coming up against the bye, uh, Lockie Miller, um, I'd say it's all pretty much stock standard. Caelan Pong is back in at 5'8", which unfortunately pushes one of the premier 5'8s uh, in the game back to a utility role in, the, in Tyson Gamble. He's gone back to the number 14. Kurt Mann comes in at lock, replacing Matt Croker, who's gone to the bench. It's just a sweet, straight switch there. Um, and Jacob Safidi has served his suspension, so he's back on the bench as well. They've opted to keep Leo Thompson in the starting lineup for the time being, but I don't know if that'll last till game day. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's a, what do you reckon? Um, I mean, goal kicking is probably a, a query that people have. Lockie Miller, not the sharpest of shooters, and now the Kalen's back. Are they just going to ease him into things and keep it as is? I don't think so. Uh, I think it'd be Kalen Pond. The only concerns with his kicking to start the season was he was coming back from a leg injury, um, some surgery on his ankle and, and whatnot. So the, basically if, the, if they'd said then if his leg was okay, he'd be doing the kicking. Um, okay. Now he's been out of the game for uh, since round two. So what's that, five weeks? And it was the head knock. So it, all the limbs, all the muscles, all the tendons, all those general injuries are all A-OK. It was his head. Um, that he had yeah. to go get right over in the States. So the body's healthy. I think he'll be given the kicking tee straight off the bat there, which you're right, it hurts Lockie Miller a little bit. Um, but the way he was kicking him on the weekend, like we would have won that game against Penrith if he had a kicked even just one extra goal 
in um, regular time, but um, you're probably saving points by not having him do the kicking at this stage. And what do you reckon about the big Greg Marju? I mean, he's been flying since he started, had a little bit of a quiet game by his standards, just scored 40 against Penrith. Yeah. But in terms of season-long holds, we always – it's a rush to sort of do this with centre wings, but on that nice favourable left edge, is he a run home into round, god damn it, 27? Yeah. I mean, provided he stays healthy and uh, he's not the best – on the defensive reads, he can let him down defensively a little bit, which is what's kept him out of first grade to date. So if those start creeping back into his game, then he could be dropped at any moment. But the way he's going at the moment is phenomenal. Um, mm. His 42 on the weekend was all base and power stats, um, which is incredible. I said um, to a friend of mine on the weekend that the, his score – that he had for super coach doesn't reflect the impact that he had on that game. His mm. drive out of the back 20 was uh, invaluable to the Knights getting us on the front foot all the all game. Um, and it was, it, it's something that the Knights have been sorely missing from the outside backs for many, many years. And now with him and Dom Young back there fielding kicks and, and Miller pushing up through the middle, it's we're finally getting on the front foot early in sets and, and turning it into uh, a productive um, you know, 80 minute game. So I think he's there to stay. Um, but in saying that, it does come with some risk. But, um, you know, his attacking upside is well, he's shown it. He scored, mm. what, five tries in his opening three games. Um, didn't get on the scoreboard last week, but still really, you know, his floor at 40 to 45 is what you want from a center wing. Um, exactly. Takes far too many runs. Yeah. That's Far too right. many runs, and you need that as a sort of basement leveler. But uh, having a look at his trade-outs, 44 people trading out Greg Marju for the non-playing Jared Croker this week. Yeah. So there you go. Everyone just getting in early and afraid yeah, that big Marju's not going to beat his 86 break even against the mighty Cowboys defensive line. So there you go. Anyway, yeah. enough about this uh, game that I'm not looking for. I will actually be at a wedding on Saturday. Uh, I'll, I'll, a I won't shame. speak. I'm trying to catch up with you. Uh, I won't speak the language either. Uh, it's, it's a Brazilian one. So anyway, the uh, yep. No one else will understand why this really angry-looking white, um, pasty white Australian guy is wanting to throw his phone across the room. But yeah, well, at least the know. scenery should be okay. Well, yeah, and uh, the, the bar we... tap ends really early too. So oh. anyway, not keen on that. Yeah, Anyhow, it might be a long night. Anyway, Fins and Titans, let's move on. Yeah, moving into Sunday, um, not too much happening with the Fins. Kenny Bromwich is out for that weird tackle where he hit Tane Milne um, off the bomb. He just wasn't looking at all. But um, coming back in for the Fins is Felice Kafusi and Jared Wallace to shore up their middles. Connolly Lemuelu gets uh, another... um, Lifeline with Bromwich out for this week. So next week will be the, the time we really need to keep an eye on what's going on with that. Um, and for the Titans, Jojo Fafita comes in, which has always been the concern for any Khan Pereira owners, but um, it's Aaron Shop that's made way. Um, Philip Sammy comes from the wing into the centres and Fafita goes to the outside of him. So Aaron Shop's done something wrong and hmm. to be given the cut. Um, they've also lost uh, Vuna and Isaac Farsul Malawi um, to get Thomas Michaeli and Cleese Haas in on the bench. A couple of bigger guys to shore up their middle by the looks of things. Nothing major 
super coach wise in any of those teams. Um, David Fafita is a tough watch at the moment if you don't own him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's just about as far as it goes. Speaking of tough watches, the big Tigers. Oh boy, thank God yes. for that. Jesus. Actually, it uh, should be a bit of an interesting game, this one. That young fellow by the name of Jareem Buller is said to be a superstar in the making, and he gets his NRL debut at fullback. Um, so it'll be a bit very interesting. Watch his basement priced, but he's fullback only. So as far as Supercoach goes, you're going to have to be getting rid of a Teddy or Turbo or Latrell or, you know, Walsh or something like that to run with this guy as your second fullback. And I don't think that's feasible regardless of, you know, how cheap he is because I don't think he's going to be putting up gangbuster scores like the rest of them. How's Dane Laurie on the bench? That's so weird. He's starting uh, Dane on the bench with Tommy Talao. Uh, it's a weird bench, that one. They've got Joe O and Alex Talao to play through the middle and Talao and Dane Laurie to watch the game, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Like, Honestly, you know, Tim Sheens is the NRL whisperer, but Jesus, I don't understand what he's doing. Brandon Wakeham comes in at six for the injured Adam Dewey um, and, you know, not much else of interest there. But uh, coming up against them is the might of Manly, I guess. Mm. Tom Dravojevic at the back could have an absolute field day against that Tigers team. Ruben Garrick's back in on the left wing, replacing uh, Ray Vega. To, to Amalo Vega. So he, you know, sp- just absolutely speared out of the line and took out Cam Munster and earned himself a two-week vacation, but he wasn't going to last anyway. Ruben Garrick is back in the side. Um, Josh Schuster has finally been named, but he did that twice, you know, two weeks in a row a couple of weeks ago and, and kept missing the cut on game day. So Cooper Johnson, the 18, is his big worry. And Has as he you even mentioned, played two games yet, old mate. Schuster. He's played two. They're, he's played two. Jesus. He's got like a negative break even, and has just been watching and waiting. Yeah, I've had him in since round point. one. It's been a frustrating yeah. own. Yeah, well, you saved yourself a trade, I guess, but yeah, no, it's cost yeah, yourself that's a worth bit of money. Twenty thousand spots. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Sean Kepi's back in on the bench too. Uh, I'm not sure why he missed out last week, but he comes back in in the 15 jersey to to play through the middle for them. Hmm. And I did see we... in your write-up, it's negative 31 break-even, but I had a look on the app and he's 33. So I thought, oh, this is huge. For Kepi? Yeah, Sean Kepi. Yeah, no, I had him down as a 31 break-even, so you've just read that wrong. Oh, okay, no, no, naturally. It's been a long day. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do have it as a negative 31. I don't know what I've done there. But, um, yeah, definitely just on the wrong side. Like, all right, that. thank you, Sean. <laughs> Tommy, um, oh, geez. Tommy Turbo, so 117, and Ruben Garrick, 100 and odd, 122. Oh, geez, there's some quality could, players. Could also drain that. They could absolutely oh. tear that apart. So we were we were excited about Garrick coming back because of that eight that he's got it floating around in his rolling average and he could lose some money. But... Every chance he hits a ton in this one. Campbelltown. At least it's not four points par because, I mean, that's an automatic 150. Yeah. 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 You say I'd be, I wouldn't be watching it, I wouldn't think. Hmm. Um, and then because of Anzac Day on the Tuesday, we miss the Monday and then come back into the Tuesday for a couple of games, Sydney versus the Dragons. Um, Sam Walker got the cut this afternoon. They've decided he's the problem for their... Last couple of games, they lost to the Sharks and to the Storm, I believe. And 
Um, so they've dropped him for a game against the Dragons. I don't... I mean, if you're ever going to play a team to get back in form, it's got to be the Dragons, surely. Or the Cows. Or the Cows. Nat Butcher got a week off for his hip drop tackle on someone. Um, <laughs> <Nailed> <laughs> I can't remember now. Um, but coming back in, big names. Angus Crichton has got himself right. It's great to see that he's taking the time out to make sure he's okay mentally and emotionally before stepping back on a football field. Mm. Um, said to have been training well and continuously throughout this time, and he came back through uh, the NRL Cup, uh, sorry, NSW Cup last week, um, got through well and has immediately come back in on uh, the edge where Nat Butcher was. So good luck getting that spot back. Butch. Then uh, Satili Tupanua is also back, coming back from an ACL injury. Um, he's on the bench at the moment, but I don't think it'd be too long before he proves himself fit and takes over Egan Butch's left spot. And then Paul Moroski is in the centres because a young kid by the name of Joseph Manu has moved mm. into the halves to take over from Sam Walker. That's such a bizarre, like, I, I still don't understand it and why Sam Walker was the scapegoat, but I guess Robbo's won competitions before, so it can't be that strange, yeah. but surely got to be a one-week-and-done thing. I would think so. A lot of people are very excited about this Manu move, and it could be massive. It was two years ago he played the Dragons at mm. the six and put on 190 points or something like that. Like, he just went mental. Um, plenty of people are very excited for that again, but then he's going to go back into the centres, I would think, before too long because I don't think, um, well, Paul Morovsky is keeping Sam Walker out of the side. No, and a strange season for Manu. So he had that absence with injury and then come back and 106 break even this week. Like, as mm. you said, could clear it, but also I'm just not liking what the Roosters as a whole are doing. Teddy is not himself. Manu's not himself. It's a strange Season, hopefully the cavalry for them kickstarts yeah, some things. That, but And I think that's what it is. The the outside danger men haven't had the platform to work off that they have in previous years. And JWH mm. is doing a fantastic job for them, being a mongrel that he is. Um, Lindsay Collins hasn't had the same push. And then you've got, you know, the Butcher brothers on the outside who they're good, but, you know, they're not Angus Crichton and Satili Tupanu are good. Um, mm. Those guys are just dangerous every time they touch the ball. So with these guys coming back, um, and you've got Nathan Brown on the bench as well, if you wanted an additional prick-type player to come back <laughs> in and stir some things up. So um, definitely getting some of the troops back. Um, I did see somewhere that Dylan Napa is floating around. Is and, he really? Um, coming back from injury. So, I, I, you know, he's not in the Supercoach app. I don't know if he's signed by the Roosters, but if he's, uh, if he, he can get himself right and he gets back somehow under the sombrero, then they're going to be very dangerous in the back end of the year. Last I heard, he was at a, um, a mate's wedding and wasn't in the best uh, first grade kind of form. But there you go. Although it's NRL, so who knows? Maybe he was. I will say, man, he's probably a walk-up. There you go. Um, Snowfall. On the other side, the Dragons, there's very little super coach interest here. Probably their best player of the last couple of weeks has been Jaden Sewer, and he is out. Um, he copped a bum ankle from, I think it was another hip drop. Um, so Ben Murdoch Mastilla, who was dropped in final teams last week, comes back in onto the um, edge to play Sewer's spot. But um, nothing in this side really interests me. You had Terrell Sloan score an 80-plus last week, and then three weeks ago he had a similar score, but between that he scored 15 points. So it's very much what you're going to get from him. 
I didn't mind Jack Bird for a little while while he was lock, but now he's moved back to the edge. Scored 60 last week, which is he okay. But- 60, and, you know, I've got a very good mate who's a Dragons fan, so I caught this game with him. Um, Jack Bird spent most of his time yelling at his outside man <laughs> for sheer, sheer defensive reads. So um, if that's going to be his gameplay, I don't. I think there are better options in your centre wing. You definitely wouldn't have him in the second row, but if you could play him in the centre wing, he had some appeal. But, um, mm. You know, there's too many good actual centres and winners mm. these days to, well, you know, do the job far better than he is. Look, if he had fire coverage all over him, but for now, uh, uh, yeah, watch and see. That's exactly right. Grab him later date if need be. And in the final game of the round, Melbourne Storm, um, Nick Meany is back at fullback, meaning that Cam Munster can go back into the halves where he's better suited. He didn't have the best game there. And Nelson Asafa Solomona is back uh, in the number eight, filling in for Tui Kamika, who uh, earned himself a two-week holiday. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, not much of change there, but they're getting stronger as well. And uh, on the flip side, only the one change for the Warriors. I was expecting a few more guys to come back when I, I sort of pre-wrote the Warriors write-up and I had a, a fair few names coming back in. But all that's happened is Neocore has come into the second row and uh, Josh Curran's gone back to the bench. So uh, that's caused, I want to say, Tane Tuapiki to it. drop out of the side. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's very stock standard for the Warriors, and they're they're flying. So this should be actually a cracking game. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. I mean, the Warriors have been towed up a lot of Anzac days against Melbourne, so you got a little bit of a point to prove here. But I thought against us, kept giving the ball away, but kept holding on. I mean, we're yeah. probably not at the same league as the Melbourne Storm, but it's a strange old year. Well, say so last year you were. So I mean, if you had a, hmm. they played that same game against you last year, you've been very happy. Um, the Warriors of old, though, the amount of ball that they gave up, they would have shot themselves in the foot and lost 100%. that game by 15 to 20. Um, so the fact that they were able to dig in and you know make a stand uh, is huge for them and it will give them a lot of confidence. And you're right, like the Storm have been absolutely destroying them in recent years, but this is a far better and far more confident side than I've seen from any New Zealand side, you know, going back seven or eight years. I think there was, there was one stage where the Warriors were essentially the Storm bogey side. You know, mm. they beat the Storm every time they come up against them, and I think they can give this one a real shake as well. Looking forward to a good way to round out the round. All righty, let's take a quick break. Like you come back in some of the trade ins and outs and then finish with captains. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mm. 
Triple M rocking the footy there. Mate, ins and outs. Of, we did say at the start of the pod, not a bad week to hang on to those trades. Think about it for later on in the season. But unfortunately, if you're like me, you've got a couple of fires to put out. I think uh, starting at Matt Dury, one of the guys that I'm sure like many people, I decided to go over the likes of Bryce Cartwright. We've seen how that's played mm-hmm. out. But with a uh, score of six floating in his average after getting maybe two minutes off the bench last week, he is a 300k uh, anchor in your side that you must get rid of. Um, a couple of other guys, I guess, Adam Dewey, if you've still got him in there, and Jacob Karaz. So maybe we focus our attention on some forwards, some halves, and then some centers. Uh, firstly, if maybe we go to the for the trade-ins. Um, if you were to look at a center wing for this week to trade up or trade down, Karaz too, who would it be? I personally, I'd be aiming for Ruben Garrick. I think he's out Mm. and out the best center wing in Supercoach, the way he goes about it, the way Turbo feeds in the ball. When Turbo goes down, he goes plays at fullback um, and he's kicking goals in a high-scoring side. So um, I know everybody is really enamored with Joey Manu this week because of that 5-8 shift and he could go mental this week, but... Um, the, the fear for me is that Walker comes back next round and Manu goes back to the centers where he's been scoring mm. 30s and 40s. So if I want a consistent long-term player, I'm going straight to Garrick. Yeah, I mean, it's fair play. I think the break-even will scare a lot of people off. But he's coming back from concussion, so not a structural injury or anything like that. We do know that can kind of linger. But I think as you said, the Tigers, geez, this could be 150 points. and we just Could be huge. Mm. Could be absolutely crazy. And oftentimes um, getting on these kind of players before they've got, you know, a negative break even or whatever it is when the crowd jumps on them could be massive. I just know I'd, I wouldn't want to be coming up against anyone with that guy in the side. What about Campbell Graham? We did. Uh, that's the other name I was looking at. And the only thing that held me off him is his price tag at the moment. He's had a couple of huge games, with, uh, including that one against the Dogs last week, was it, where he mm. went over three tries on the wing. Um, so 780K at the moment. I think he's overpriced, but he he's phenomenal. He gets the job done each and every week. He's got a, a high floor like we were talking about with Greg Marju before. Um, he gets through the work. He's a great defensive center, so he's never going to be dropped. He's only in 7 or 8% of teams at the moment, so he's right in pod territory, but um, you, you are, you're, you're really putting up bank to get him. I kind of worry about, for his sake, the origin uh, eligibility, so that might be... Is a concern, but, you know, we, they've shown in the past, the Blues, that as long as Latrell and Turbo are healthy, they'll be the centres. So they run at three fullback sort of configuration with a couple of guys on the wings. Um, I don't think they're shifting Campbell Graham out to the wing for the Blues when you've got guys like um, Suwali and Dan Tupo and, um, I mean, the Fox is not healthy, but... Surely he should be there if he was. So, you know, I, I think he's down the pecking order a bit. I think he'll be in camp. He'll definitely be in camp, but they should release him um, to take up his mm. you know, club duties. And have a look at his runs. He's got Penrith, Broncos, Melbourne the next three games. So decently defensive-minded sides. Broncos and Melbourne are both at Suncorp. But then beyond that, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, plays the Tigers, Para, Canberra, Titans, Dragons, Cows. And then the Warriors around. Like, there's a lot of decent opposition there. 
I mm. guess the worry is you, you lose Luttrell and you lose a lot of that go forward through origin and, and that kind of thing. But outside of that and Cam Murray, these kind of guys, that could be the one downside. So I think Campbell Graham remains a watch. Just make sure he doesn't play origin and make sure that price, as we know, one Yeah, I'd want it to week. level out a little yep. bit. He's gone up 120K from his starting price and I think he even dropped some cash earlier on the season. So he's had, a, as I said, a phenomenal run. But mm. I want that to um, balance out a little bit before I seriously took a look at him. And it could happen over the next three weeks. Like you said, those next three games are tough. Mm. So every chance he goes back to scoring 40s and 50s, which is not bad by any stretch of the imagination for a center, um, but you know, it will bring his price right down and, and make him a lot more affordable. A guy that I really like for this week, if I could afford a luxury trade, but Ronaldo Mulatalo. So oh, seven love Ronnie. How good are you? Seven hundred K plays dogs, cows, dolphins, manly your boys, the knights, and the Broncos. So all through Origin, Broncos might be a good one to get and at home as well. But I think just the way that he's linking with uh Nico at the moment and he's getting a lot of the work done. Sometimes it's one of those weird sides where like Katoa goes big one week and then it's Mulatalo and then they maybe Talakai. But for whatever reason, it's ever since Hines has been back, Mulatalo is the guy to get the stats. So. It's, it's funny you say that because Mulatalo plays on their left and, and Hines, you know, he's a right half. I know he floats mm. all over the field, but he does play mostly on the right, linking up with um, Britton Nakora. So you think if they would be going to put plays on through Nico, primarily Katoa would be the benefactor. But you're right, um, Mulatalo gets through the work. He's got plenty of tries in his game. Um, a fantastic run coming up. So, uh, yeah, he's... He's only at 4% owned, mm. very pod. Um, it'll cost you 50K to go from Karaz up to Mulatalo, but um, definitely someone I'd be considering. Yeah, particularly for this week. The doggies are so undermanned. Like, it could be anything, this score. So, mm. yeah, if you've got the luxury, uh, make that trade. Any other ones that we haven't considered for, I mean, we only talked about a couple, but any other random center wings you got on your pod list? No, nothing major. As I said, Greg Marshu has been fantastic, but he's not in pod territory. He's at 20%. Um, otherwise, you, you're sort of getting into the cheaper realm. Um, Alex Johnson is always a good play. He's got big try scoring ability, but when he doesn't score tries, he's uh, almost non-existent. Hmm. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's, it's very rocks of diamonds with Alex Johnson. And um Dan Tupo could be good if he misses Origin, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Big Gussie loves him, so there you go. I'd be avoiding big Toops. Um, how's old mate Jermaine Asaku? 330K in cash yeah. made so far this year. What a weird year. It's it's ridiculous. So we started the year, he was um, almost cheapy price, basement priced, and the question between him and Hammer, and everyone mm. went, well, you've got to go Hammer because he's playing more in the middle and... Um, he'll see more of the ball, and Sarko is pretty much just a goal kicker, but he's been scoring tries for fun. Mm. Sort of pivot away from center wing for a minute. Harry Grant, uh, scoring 70, so still the top averaging player, but a few people uh, doing some rage trades, 119 break even. He's been traded out by maybe about a 1,000-odd players, which isn't that much considering he's 45% owned. But Harry Grant, one of those guys, season-long keeper, right? If you look around the position, not a lot of value. A guy like Harry Grant, just ignore, keep in your side. What's the worst? Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, he's had a couple of low games this year in 44 against the Tigers and then 31 against Manly last week, as you said. But 
Um, you know, Damien Cook's been similar. Reed Marnie is the third highest averaging hooker, and he had a 30 on the weekend. Reese Robson the same. So, um, I mean, if you're trading down just to get some cash, you know, he's dropped under 700K. He's lost 120K of his starting price. So you're not making that much cash by going down to one of these guys. And, you know, his floor is really what most of these guys um, aspire to for mm. a season average. So uh, I don't see the reason to trade him out. I can understand the logic of it with Origin coming up and maybe he's rested a little bit more. But, um, you know, previous years, the Storm had cheese to fall back on when mm. Grant went into Origin and, and couldn't back up. But, um, you know, this year it's um, Bronson Garlic, I believe. And it's just, uh, it's, it's not quite the same. It isn't. The big clove, Bronny Garlic coming in. I have a look at some of the other options. JMK, Jeremy Marshall King. Talk about strange years and just players going to the next level, but he's got three scores of 70-plus and obviously missed a bit of time throughout the middle of the season. But I think if I had a billion trades, unlimited trades, whatever, I might be doing the grant to JMK with this run-up and with Origin and all that kind of thing. But I just can't justify in this limited trade window and we know how good Harry Grant is. He's had a bit of a lull. But as you said, just got such a, in terms of hooker, quality floor, a lot of room to grow. Hang on. But if you, you know, for whatever reason, have fallen asleep at the wheel, got a fair few trades, Jeremy Marshall King could be a guy. Decent yeah, break even. Huge. It's it's funny. The the dogs moved on from him because they signed Reed Barney and he was mm. by far the better hooker. And then last year happened and Jeremy Marshall King, I think, outperformed Marnie on the season. And he's really taking his game to another level this year. The only bad score he's had was round two against the Raiders. He dropped a 33 or 35 or something, um, but he got injured. So he missed the mm. next couple of weeks and he's come back as good, if not better, than he than he was going to be. So, you know, there's every chance as far as average and, you know, maybe season points go that JMK ends up as the hooker too on the year. Hmm. Alrighty, turning attention to second row forwards, a fair few potential trade-outs this week. I'm looking at my own side, Ellie Katoa, Zach Hosking, uh, Preston, Teague Wilton. Those are my top four, and in terms of, I guess, absolute out-and-out ceiling, not a lot of uh, height there. But if you look at guys I don't have, top of my list, David Fafida and um, Ryan Madison. So are yeah. you, would you argue that point there, those two, if you're going to look at targets for this week and you can afford to move on a Dury or whoever to, to afford it, is there anyone else you'd consider? No, not at the top end. Um, those guys will be coming in for me hopefully before too long. Um, excuse me. Madison, I was probably ahead of a feeder in my book only because uh, he's a little bit cheaper. You save 20K, I think mm. it is. Um, between the two, so it's, it's really chump change. But um, he's also only 2% owned to Fafita's 25-ish. And um, if he misses Origin, which he tends to do, the, the Blues are sort of stacked throughout the middle and, and whatnot. So Madison never really gets a look in, and he plays those three major buy, buy rounds, whereas Fafita will probably be on Origin G. Um, yep. So you'll get a, a fair few more games out of Madison than you will for Fafita. So... Um, if I was really targeting the two and couldn't split the decision, um, it would come down to that availability over the next two months that Madison gets mm. the flag. I guess with Matter, you got the concussion history would be one. Uh, mm-hmm. As you said, I don't think Origin is, is a huge risk, but I think they're, they're 
thing that would give me a little bit of pause is the fact that they've shuffled that pack around. So like last week, you got Hopgood in there, Maddo to the edge and then back through the, the middle. It's just a strange um, time when you've got Cardi and, and that sort of thing floating around. I just don't know what Brad Arthur's going to do week to week. And that's a slight you concern. You've no idea. I mean, so Madison, as you said, he went from lock to edge last week. Um, and then when, you know, they bring on a cart right and Hopgood goes off, Cardi goes to an edge and Madison plays through the middle. So he played 61 hmm. minutes, uh, according to NRL.com, and he still dropped to almost 90 points. So he just was huge. Gets through the work um, regardless. But, um, yeah, I mean, it could falter at any stage. But from what I've seen, this is the Madison that we've fallen in love with over the last couple of years. This is back at sort of Tigers level of form. I don't know. I think if I was to toss a coin and I didn't think about buyers, I'd be going for feeder 80 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, hasn't yet had a really big game. I said that the the last couple of weeks, but hasn't yet scored a try for one. And then still, despite looking really good, hasn't had a breakout game. Had a 96 against us where he fed a couple of balls to Pereira. But other than that, he's been very consistent without going ballistic. So I just think that's around yeah, the corner. Well, that's the thing. We've always been saying that use Dave Fafita. He's so dangerous. Just use mm. him. And um, they never have, but they are this year because um, I think only because Bo Firma's out injured. Yep. So Fafita's really benefited from that and um, his work rate has gone through the roof and he's still putting runs on and he's putting his outside backs through gaping holes because everyone fake, uh, focuses on him. Um, mm. So once he does get across the line, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm predicting it happens this week with the Dolphins, um, that South Queensland Derby, um, he, he'll he go 120 plus. Mm. No, it's one of those things, as soon as he scores a try, uh, it's going to be absolutely uh, all guns blazing. But uh, yeah, I'm keenly eyeing that off and hoping it doesn't happen. All right, uh, just to round us out here, mate, we've talked about, um, some center wing guys, but the top end of the scale, looking at downgrade options because there's a fair few players middling, you know, that 300 to 500k sort of mark that a lot of people are looking to move on. Have you done any analysis on cheapies or anything like that at this uh, juncture? What analysis is there to sorry, do? Have you almost opened- no, sorry. <laughs> there's I'm. To my point, there's, there's no cheapies really yep. available to us. There's um, you've got Hayes Dunster playing on the edge for, uh, oh, sorry, on the wing for the Eels, I should say. So he's probably, in my eyes, the pick of them. Um, but in saying that, he scored a three, uh, sorry, a seven in week one, <laughs> uh, his first game, and then like a, a 30 or something last week. So they can put on points, and they showed that against. Um, who did they tell up? The dogs last yep. weekend. But, and he scored you know, 27. Scored 27. He didn't feature much at all. So I think it it's like any young outside back. They only got to fall over the line and then they'll get some points. But um, yeah, so it could come with him, but I'm not confident by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Jared Croker is somewhat appealing. He did nothing as far as attacking stats went last week and scored a 40 because he's still pinpoint accurate with his goal kicking and, um, you know, very much injury risk week to Mm. week. So, yeah, there's no one that really stands out as a downgrade option. I mean, if you've traded out Paul Olamotti 
um, and then want to get him back, he's dropped down to 350K. Maybe mm. he is the benefactor with um, Jacob Carazza. But still don't think yeah. he's scored a try either or scored above 50. Yeah. So again, he, he scored a try. Oh, he last did last week. week. Yep. Yeah. No, you're right. Yep. So, but yeah, say so he scored a try and got to 40 points, I think. It, um, no, where is he? 45. So it's yeah. still not breaking any sort of rookie records or anything like that. Rob Jennings for the Dolphins, but then you just know someone's going to come in and, and steal his wing spot yep. sooner rather than later. That's sort of been the MO there on at Red. Redcliffe, I wanted to say, but that's not no, quite that's right. That's the, um, it's the, the mate. They're playing, they're playing out of the same city as the Warriors. Mm, huge. Um, but yeah, no, no one really. I'm sort of still waiting for Valence Tavare to come into first grade. He's on the extended bench every week, but is out at first cut. Um, so hoping they get a few injuries, you know, nothing serious, obviously, but Valence gets his chance. And as I said, Jarrell Skelton, has been a name that's been floating around first grade circles for a little while. Uh, hmm. Could be, could be not too long before he gets a chance. Have a look at some half options in terms of cheapy. So last week I fortuitously traded in Phoenix Phoenix Crossland, who scored fifty two with a try in about seventy odd minutes. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for your service. But otherwise, Brandon Wakeham filling in for Duehi, and also Cody Nikarima talked about the Dolphins having a decent run two thirty five k five eight hooker. Couple of options there for you to throw a dart because it's a dire old week for cheapies or rounds coming up. Wakeham, uh, Crossland, or Nicarima. Who are you? Who are you landing on? I think I'd go with Wakeham. Um, mm. Not confidently by any means, but um, with Dewey out, someone's got to take goal kicking. Yeah. Um, Potentially, that's Brennan Wakeham. So he might get an extra four points a week from <laughs> his one shot at goal um, penalty early on and they never score again. But yeah, it's as you said, it's dire. Uh, if Josh Schuster was to actually make his return, um, you know, he's only played the two games. So there's plenty out there who haven't traded him in. He's owned by half the competition, which means half don't have him. But um, he could be one as a downgrade at the 5'8 position. But other than that, yeah, it's really tire. Absolutely is. I mean, yeah, yeah, just hoping like hell that some guy like Crossland comes and scores a try. But I think I'd go nowhere near any Tigers player. If I was to take yeah. a punt and I didn't already go the mighty Phoenix Crossland, Cody Nikarima, probably not a bad shout. Tough game last week against the Bunnies, but there and thereabouts. And Katoa, the Harbs partner, not doing a hell of a lot. No. So I don't know. I don't mind Nico 5'8 hooker. A little bit I'd prefer if he was halfback, but not to be um, all right like any final trade in and outs before we go into captains no we we spoke about Gazuski and croker um as plenty of people are inquiring or buying them but um you've got another week to look at both those guys well croker's played too but he's on the buy so um don't do these trades just for the sake of doing a trade you can wait a week and, and see what happens as we said croker's a chance of getting injured, getting out of bed. So it could happen over mm. the next two weeks and then you're you're left without a center wing there. So just hold fire if you don't need to do it. 
Yep, don't come to Cloudland Nightclub again, Jay Croker. Rest easy. That's Be back right. for your third game. That's yeah, right. that is. Great story. Great story for long-time <laughs> listeners of the pod. All right, Captains and Vices, in your article, you had a thought on what would be an ideal scenario if you have the, I guess, yeah, non-playing the, reserves. If you've got it available, the, the first thing I'd be doing is throwing the VC on Nico Hines against the Dogs. That game could be anything with him. Um, and then if he fails to go for 300, um, back it into Turbo against the Tigers. As I said, that could be a huge game for Manly. They just beat Melbourne down at Four Pines. Um, I know how they had a bad game the week before against South, was it? Hmm. No. Um, but, yeah, he, and he really struggled. But um, he could go absolutely gangbusters against the Tigers on Sunday afternoon. I don't mind, like, as, as good as Turbo is and the Tigers and everything, Reese Walsh in Darwin against the Para Eels, who have been a bit leaky at times. I think the, that could be one of those games. I think I remember back the in the glory days last year when the Cowboys towed up Para in Darwin, um, a lot of points late in the piece. So I'm keen to look at Reese Walsh this, this week and go a little bit more dangerous, but I just think he'll probably sit on about 20 and it'll be a nightmare, but then just give it the last five minutes and he'll come up with 115 points. So for well, me, I'm that's up- what he's been doing. I've been watching his games and just waiting for him to fall off a cliff. And for you know three quarters of the game, you're laughing. And then mm. he puts two guys over and scores one himself and ends up on a ton. So he's always there and thereabouts. He's always proven in and trying. The thing that concerns me with that matchup is, yeah, the Eels have been leaky and, and they're allowing 70 points per game to fullbacks this year. But it was really the first four weeks that they did it. You know, they allowed a 76, 106, 103, and 82 across the first four weeks to their opposing fullback. The last three weeks, it's been 22, 69, do you think? Oh. And uh, 25. So um, they have won three of the last four games. They only lost to Melbourne, I think it was. Um, And, yeah, they've been keeping guys quiet along the way. So if they are back, it's going to be a tougher night than the Broncos have had for most of the season. And Hmm. um, maybe Reese Walsh doesn't get his way, but the Broncos are looking, I hate to say it, they're looking good as well. It is very unfortunate. One final one for me, Greg Marju against the Cowboys. We are dreadful just in every yeah. single facet. Uh, somehow I'm you're outsiders. So we really, there mm. you go. Maybe because it's up in Townsville and we don't really travel up there that well. Yeah, we've been but, so good up there. But Marju, yeah, 100 points I'll, plus. I'll be definitely chucking a cheeky five grand on that one. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm excited about Marju. His attacking prowess, what it is, um, you know, defensively not great, but you don't get points for, you know, not even laying a hand on an opposing player. Now he's so, got Kyle Felt running up alongside him. I don't think he's got much to worry about defensively, yes. but anyway. And with uh, Caelan Ponga back, a lot of eyes will be on him, and he's got that patented right-to-left cutout ball. Um, I reckon, yeah, Marju's probably good for two this week. Keen to see it sail over the sidelines. But anyway, welcome back, KP. And welcome back, Lakey. Hey, what a what a coincidence, hey? Your boy and my yep. boy. Love to see That's it. it. I just had, had to wait. Had to wait until he was back. He got his right head right. I'm trying to get mine. 
<laughs> well, you know what? I'm glad it's uh, pre-game and I still have a bit of hope, given we're favourites. I mean, bookies obviously know all. So looking forward to it. We'll be at the wedding. We'll not be paying any attention. I will have you on block. Uh, yep, looking forward to it. Lakey, great to have you back, buddy. Hope to hear more of your voice uh, going forward. So, I mean, we've turfed Stilesy, turfed Alex. It's just you and I again, babe. Yeah, it's uh, it is good, isn't it? I say it's like old times. I've got the candles lit here, a glass of uh, Shiraz sitting by the fire. It's mm. it's beautiful. I've heard uh, sirens outside both of our windows because you're not far from me in uh, no, in right. southeast Queensland here. So I've heard sirens. I've heard dogs barking. It's all happening. Scenes when Lakey and JT get back together. Love to see it. Anyway, mate, uh, I'll see you in, well, hopefully not the long too distant future. Stone's Corner, just around the corner, mate, uh, in the name. But looking forward to uh, catching up. I'm going to track down that wedding. Oh, mate, please. I'll need someone that speaks English. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Anyway, mate, uh, actually, win or lose, win or lose. All right, mate. uh, Love to, lovely to chat. Have a great week and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, guys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.